0: You are listening to audio drama in a darker shade at darkerprojects.com. And now, our feature presentation. Previously on Batman No Man's Land. Me, my wife, Montoya, Bullock, Foley, and Pettit. How dare you presume to judge, judge me! You kill. Where's your coin? I gave it to a cop. Which one? Detective Montoya. Governments called it quits in Gotham. Closed off the city. Blowing the bridges at midnight. Ah! What Dr. Quinzel said. Dr. Arkham can't find a place to take you, or Ivy, or Two-Face. And you'll be all alone. Dr. Arkham programmed the doors to open at 11.55. Figures this way. We're all stuck in Gotham. Gotham? All of it. Ours? Yes. And Batman? He's locked in here with us. Not Not in my city. city. Not your city any longer. Gotham City is gone. Entry 289. No Man's Land. Day 90. Note. I'm truncating here, so if it seems a little choppy, that's why. Most of the last 288 entries have been mix and match, three months of getting my bearings and pretty much doing what we've all been, just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. In other words, it's a summary of sorts, and I make no pretense to artistry here. Cut your little girl a break. Dear Dad, after 90 days of no man's land, I've come to the following conclusion. Anarchy is mankind's natural state. I don't even think the most jaded anthropologist could have anticipated how quickly the tribes would form. Within one week of the first day of no man's land, this block alone changed hands three times. Since then it's settled down somewhat, as I understand it has all across the city. As of this moment, I think I live in Street Demons territory, but I can't be sure. Either them or the Lowboys. They tromp along the streets, demanding that everyone they see give them either food or goods in exchange for their protection. That's about as evolved as they've gotten. They've yet to discover the entrepreneurial spirit like many of their compatriots throughout the city. Ah yes, their compatriots, Gotham's own robes gallery. God knows how it happened, but someone let them out of Arkham sometime during the first week. So in addition to the poor, the disenfranchised, and the stubborn, we've got the lunatics roaming the streets. I've been trying to keep tabs on them, which I suppose begs the question, how exactly am I doing that? Answer is, I've got people loyal to me. Oracle's eyes I've taken to calling them. Right now, I've got eight of them, all outfitted with two-way radios, maps of the city, and emergency rations. They report to me daily, either in person or via radio, and they trust me and I trust them. If I need anything, they're who I turn to. Excerpt. There's one agent, though. She's something else. Can't be older than sixteen if a day. Pretty young woman, Eurasian, very smart. And functionally mute and that she seems incapable of using language. I don't know if it's a psychological or physiological trauma, but I'm beginning to suspect she was never taught how to speak or read or write. She's been unable to give me her name, though whether that's because she doesn't have one, doesn't know it, or doesn't like it, I've no clue. I've taken to calling her Cassandra. Communications difficulties with her nonwithstanding, Cassandra has become, in the past couple of months, one of my most reliable people. She was in here this morning, She's actually the only one I've let into the control room. She reported that she was in Tri-Corner. She tells me that the people in your territory don't refer to you all as the GCPD anymore. Now you're the blue boys, with a tag and everything. I have to say, the thought of you spray-painting the side of a building with your gang's tag, (laughs) that made me laugh aloud. Excerpt. Taken this long, but I now have a working map. Number one. Two faces confirmed at City Hall, either residing there or in the Criminal Courts building. It makes a strange kind of sense that he would head there. By all accounts, his numbers are small, and he seems to be behaving himself thus far. Number 2. Scarface and the Ventriloquist have set up shops somewhere on the west side below the meat district. Scarface has anywhere between 5 and 15 enforcers. Number 3. Black Mask is proving to be harder to locate. From what little I've been able to learn, he's wandering the city, gathering people to him. To what end, I don't know. Unlike the others thus far, he seems to have no fixed territory to speak of, and no interest in claiming any either. I can't tell if he's just gone all the way around the bend, or if he's honestly searching for something. Number 4. Poison Ivy has apparently disappeared into Robinson Park. That's all I know. Number 5. Nobody knows where Joker is. I suppose hoping he died in the Quake is too much to ask for. So, the only conclusion I can draw is that he's biding his time. Excerpt. Bringing us to the Penguin. I have to confess, I think he's adapted to the no man's land faster than any of the rest of us did. He set himself up in the remains of Davenport Tower in, surprise, the Fashion District. From there, he's running a combination Bazaar and Cabaret, and apparently is THE man to see if you're looking for a particular item. My agents tell me that, unlike just about everyone else in town, he will accept payment in the form of cash and or precious objects. Since these things are of no value whatsoever in the rest of the no-man's land, he's doing booming business. One of my agents, Vanessa, suggested that Penguin is working an active pipeline to the rest of the world, shipping out his booty in exchange for supplies which he can then trade for more goods and so on. Seems reasonable, but I've found no evidence to prove the assertion. And while I'm talking about the criminals, I might as well bring up Huntress. I've never been sure how much you know about the newest addition to Gotham's Vigilante set, but I am NOT a fan of hers. For the record, her real name is Helena Bertinelli, and yes, you read that right. The same Helena Bertinelli whose father was Don Franco Bertinelli. The same Helena Bertinelli who watched her whole family murdered before her eyes when she was eight years old. You might think that, given the similarities between what happened to her and what happened to Bruce, I'd be more inclined to cut her some slack on the vigilante front. But that's where the similarity between Huntress and Batman ends, Dad. For Helena Bertinelli, it's about vendetta. For Bruce Wayne, it's about making certain that no one ever, ever again suffers what he went through. I've received a report stating that Huntress has confined her zone to one block in the Upper East Side, just away from the harbor. Not coincidentally, this is the block in which she makes her home, so I'm less inclined to believe she's discovered altruism as much as enlightened self-interest. Excerpt, which brings us, logically, to him. 90 days, and no sign. 90 days, and no Batman. I've told my agents to keep an eye out, and ear open, that I want to know the moment there's the faintest whisper that he's on the move. He's got to be here. I know it. But what he's waiting for, I've got no idea. He wouldn't abandon us, Dad. That's what I keep telling myself at any rate. This morning, Vanessa called to report a new tag in Dooley Square. One she hadn't seen before. Dooley Square. On my map, that's Zosha territory. An orange tag across Spears. No. Not this one. Well, whose is it? His... uh... It's the bat. Batman, No Man's Land, is adapted from the novel of the same name by Greg Ruga. Batman is trademarked DC Comics and was created by Bob Kane. If you enjoyed this audio drama, please support the original text by purchasing it on Amazon.com or at your local comic book store. This has been a Darker Projects production. www.darkerprojects.com